0: My name is Anthony Delgado, and today we have a dope guest, uh, Vince Del Monte. He uh, graduated from the University of Western with an honors degree, and he's a fitness influencer. He is best-selling author of books such as The No-Nonsense, Muscle Building, uh, Living Large, etc., And he has millions of fans across social media channels, such as Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Uh, He's the creator of the 5M Movement, which is dedicated to helping men maximize the 5Ms of manhood, which he uh, identifies as muscle, mindset, money, mission, and marriage. I totally love that. And he's also leading the seven-figure mastermind for his clients, uh, where he mentors over 75 online business owners, helping them scale their businesses to over a million dollars a year. My good friend, Mr. Vince. Vince, thank you so
1: much for being on the show, dude. Thank you, brother, man. It's great to be here, man. <laughs> so that's a hell
0: of a resume. And before we get into like, the stuff that you're working on now, I always like to talk to all of our guests about how they started, right? What was your introduction to entrepreneurship? What was you know that day one uh, of entrepreneurship? Was it the lemonade stand? Like, where did you get started?
1: My grandpa owns a lot of real estate, a lot of buildings in Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls is a home of one of the uh, seven wonders of the world. And, you know, that was probably my first introduction to the concept of buying property and, uh, you know, always being told from my mom and my grandma, my nonna, that your no, no, has done very well for himself, and I never knew what that meant. <laughs> to this day, I still don't actually know. <laughs> I told I'm told that we'll all be taken care of one day when he's gone. That's what I've been told. I have no idea what that amount is. I, I it could be, who knows, right? And that was my very first introduction. That that wasn't as prominent though as the second introduction. The second introduction to, I mean, I never even heard of the word entrepreneurship. By the way, I don't even know, I don't even really know what it means. Uh, was when I was 22, I graduated from university, 50 grand. I got an exercise science degree. I'm starting my career as a personal trainer at the Guelph YMCA for a whopping $10 an hour. And my dad worked out at the same YMCA here. So I think he was a, you know, Italian guy. He is a little fearful, was a little worried about his son, who's now helping old guys try to figure out how to use the back extension, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> trying to figure out, are you going to be a personal trainer at the age of 35? Those were his words. So, you know, my dad was looking out for me, had my best interests at heart. If there's anybody who was more concerned about me in a good way, it was than anyone else in the world. Aside from my mom, it would be him. So it was all coming from a great place. And he introduced me to um one of his friends and this individual's name was Mike. This is all I remember. My dad introduced me to Mike like this. Vince this is Mike he's 35 and he doesn't work anymore and i said okay that's cool i didn't grow up like my parents we were fine but like we never just money wasn't a conversation in like, a good way or a bad way uh you know we got by and all that but this really stood out to me he's 35 he doesn't work anymore and i found out that it was via real estate real estate another kind of concept that you know i heard about my no no having Uh, you know, success in, but not really knowing what that meant. Long story short, this guy told me to read one book. And I don't know about you, but this book changed my life. If you have one, I don't know if the listeners have that one book that just really changed the way they thought and acted. And that book was by Robert Kiyosaki, and it was called The Cash Flow Quadrant. And this was my first introduction to the idea of leveraged income. And creating cash flow from an asset that was producing income while you slept. And that that was the beginning of my, you know, introduction to the potential possibilities out there and got my gears starting to spin.
0: Interesting. The cash flow quadrant. I don't think I've, I've read that one yet. I got to add that to the Audible queue. And we'll definitely leave a, leave a, a link below. So, it sounds like you were kind of introduced to, I guess,
1: passive income, quote unquote, right? Passive income. Yeah. And, you know? and what was the first time that you actually tried it? Yeah, that's a great question. So I started off as a personal trainer, trading my time for money, servicing people in the gym as a trainer. And I loved it. You know, I actually didn't see anything wrong with it. Like I wasn't like, I've got to figure out another option. I got to, this is gonna, you know, I loved it. It was great. I was making cash. and you know, I was living at home with my parents and, uh, what happened was I did go ask for a raise and, uh, I asked my boss to get a bump. And after four months being there, she said, let me talk to the boss. She came back the next day and she said, I found out if we could give you a raise. And the answer is yes, we can give you a raise and we can give you a bump. $1. And that was when I quickly discovered the definition of a job, which stands for just over broke. And I realized that it wasn't my employer's job to make me rich or to even, you know, get me by. It was my jobs. It was my employer's job to give me a paycheck once every two weeks. That's it. That's it. That's that's all they owe me. And, uh, I quit on the spot, not because I hated it there, but I just like, I got to try something else. So I went to another gym in town that was owned by a dude uh, named Habib. And uh, Habib had a a Hummer and he drove this Hummer around town and it was um, all decked out in his business name, Achieve Fitness. And I went to work for this guy. He turned out to be a real scumbag and uh, tried to bully me into a non comp clause when he found out I was leaving because he was grinding me into the ground. But Uh, There was a couple pros to that experience with Habib and it was that he introduced me to the world of sales and he said, you're not going to be a personal trainer here, Vince. I'm going to show you how to sell gym memberships. All right. Half my time, this guy was always sending me out to get him pizza and I talked about his accomplishment as a, as a bodybuilder and he'd sit behind the desk and he would just uh, bring me into the room and he would teach me how to sell and how to close specifically not just sell, but close to get them to stay in the room, like literally close the door. Like you had some, uh, I would say (laughs) non-ethical tactics, literally not allow the door to open. And it was crazy anyways, but I learned how to sell gym memberships and get people to commit to 12 month contracts, which was back in the day when, uh, There was another guy, John Cardillo, I forget his last name, Cardillo, yeah, he owned this massive franchise called Premier Fitness, and it was all over, like, this, everyone knew this guy was loaded. And apparently, my boss got trained by this guy, and he was a con artist, too. Long story short, um, this was in a day and an age of people not wanting to sign 12-month gym memberships. So I was learning how to get people to commit for 12 months. When they just wanted to, you know, try it out. I was moving people. I didn't know what exactly I was doing, but my job was to close the deal. I got paid on commission and um, I, I actually ended up loving it. It was a thrill. It was fascinating to get a bonus. You would bring cash in on Monday mornings and you'd say, all right, whoever so closes the most today, is going to get this $50 bill. And I was numbers driven. I was hungry. And that's uh, my introduction to like the world of sales but that then evolved into a new role at the same gym which was not selling gym memberships but selling personal training see the commission on personal training was way bigger on a gym membership you know people would pay 50 bucks times 12 so you know make you make a percentage on 600 bucks personal training i could sell 144 sessions at uh you know 50 bucks a pop which was like over $6000 right? And, um, I could take 20% on that. So all of a sudden I could make $1,400. So I'm like, all of a sudden, like, Holy cow, if I close one person today, I could make $1,400. If I just did one package a day, that's 7,000 a week. That's, um, 28,000 a month. Now I didn't make that kind of money working at the gym, but I just started doing the math. I just started like crunching numbers. I'm like, Holy! If I close this this week, or one a day of this, and one a day of that, I could write. I could get a car. I could move out. I could put a down payment down on a house. So sales introduced me to the world of math, possibilities, and reverse engineering my paycheck. And I think um, those were like my early day experiences of. Writing my own paycheck, leveraging my time, and then what I did with that money in conjunction with the cash flow quadrant was I got into a position to put a down payment on my very first house. And for everybody listening, I know you got a younger audience. You're mentioning millennials. One of the best things you can do is make your money multiply. Uh, if you want to hear someone talk about this today, it's Grant Cardone. And he says, you got to get your money to make babies. I love that, right? You don't get rich with addition and subtraction. Saving a little over here and, and making a little extra over here. That's the mindset of the middle class. All right? That's poor man thinking. That's living small. Rich people learn how to multiply their money, all right? So what I did was I started bringing trainers into the gym and taking a commission off of all of their deals, right? So I'm, again, leveraging my time. Now I'm making money while they're closing deals on the weekends and I'm not working, all right? With the money I was saving, I convinced my parents, this was the the hardest part, to convince my parents to co-sign a home to put a $10,000 deposit down, which was only 5% down. You know, I just had to come up with 5%. And then I was able to invest into a home that was able to Uh, create cash flow for me, which resulted in paying for my first nice car. I had a couple cars before, but my first sports car, Acura RSX. I was so proud of this car. And it was a $300 a month payment via a lease. And from the cash flow, the little bit of cash flow on this house, I was able to drive that car free. And you better believe I bragged and told all my buddies. And, uh, you know, like, yeah, Vince drives this car for free because he gets cash flow from this house. And uh, you imagine a bunch of young 22-year-olds trying to, like, explain to some young girls, uh, you know, yeah, Vince is uh, – he's really, like, successful. You know, he's got his own home, and he's getting ready to buy another home. And and uh, I kind of thrived off of that recognition in the early days from my peers and from then making a name for myself in this little gym in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, you know, blue collar city. Right. And here I am making a name for myself, being known as the guy in a small gym, mom and pop gym that Vince is the guy that closes. He brings home contracts. He does $30,000 months for the gym they like can grow sales. And then, you know, some months would be bigger and some months around Christmas time when we did big promotions, you know, we'd bring in over a hundred grand in one month and I take a commission and I gained this reputation of like being good at something. And I, I think one of the ways I know one of the directions you wanted to go is like, you know, in your early days, you've got to be good at something and I got good at sales. And I honestly, like I didn't, I consider myself blessed for having all these incidences bringing me into these positions but those were the those were the foundation days which it's crazy when you find out about what i do today those days were all in preparation not being able to see why i was doing that back then it was just to pay bills make money but all those days were the bricks you know the digging the dirt for what i've gone to do since then
0: definitely so you purchased your first home right and then you're getting some residual money from there. You're learning about, hey, let me, let me leverage my uh, – instead of leveraging my time for money, let me reverse that, right? And then – but at the time, that gym well, – you didn't own this, this gym. No,
1: no, right? no, no. no. I, was, I was an employee. You were an employee still. You were learning, but you were still I was an employee. employee. Yeah, my boss talked me out of getting my own gym. I actually was, you know, the young guy coming out of university. So, Vince, what are you going to do with your life? I'm going to open my own gym. That was it. I'm gonna open my own gym. I'm gonna have my own gym. That was, and you know, nothing wrong with that. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. But when I told my boss this, now my boss Murray, 245, 245 pounds, six foot one, five percent body fat. This guy was a very big dude and very commanding presence. And he just tilted his head, put his chin down, and looked at me, raised his eyebrows, and said, "Why?" do you know how much money I spend every month to keep this gym full? I said, uh, no. You know why you're able to write the paychecks that you write every month? And he opened my eyes to what was involved with buying attention and getting people to walk through the front door so there were people to actually present to. And I'm like, ah, I got it pretty good right now, don't I? And he's like, yeah, all you need to do is show up and close. It's my job to keep your appointment book full. And obviously, sure, I could go out and get my own people on that. But I was like immediately talked out of starting my own gym. And I'm like thinking to myself, yeah, wow, I've got to first figure out how to sell to the people that are here right now because that's a whole nother problem. I don't know how to sell. And I think that's what I'm trying to tell the, the, the listeners is that you've got to get good at something and you've got to take ownership of what you've currently been given. Everybody wants to manage more, but they're not managing what they've got right in front of them. Everybody wants a thousand followers, but they're not even taking good care of the hundred followers they have. Everybody wants to make a hundred figure, you know, a hundred k a month. They're not even taking care of the people that have helped them gem- generate a hundred k a year. What makes you think the big guy is going to hand you more? All right, it's his to give and ours to manage. So I really just thought to myself, if I could you know, win in this small environment, then we can maybe win in a slightly bigger environment than a slightly bigger one. And I think a lot of guys just get way too, you know, they're trying to run before they've even mastered crawling before they've started walking, uh, before they've started jogging. And, and there's a well factor to every phase of growth. I'll say that again, there's a well factor. You have to do these phases well before you go to the next level. And, um, I believe the world, God, the universe, however you want to look at it, doesn't give you more until you've taken full responsibility of what's already been given to you. Because I don't believe anything's yours in the first place. Everything's on loan to us. And we've been given skills and gifts. And I feel like I was utilizing my skills and gifts in a great way. And that's why I was given some more opportunity. Every time in my life, I've stopped managing or taken for granted what I have, things start to slip backwards or I get stuck. And there's a big lesson there too. Um, you know, I guess what I want to say here is that you will grow at the rate you are meant to grow. It's like the gym, you know, some people want to lose weight really quickly. You can't force weight loss. You gotta coax it along, right? You don't force it along. Same thing with muscle growth. You can't force muscle growth unless you cheat, unless you take steroids, all right? And then you never learn how to keep it because you cheated your way to the top. So you know what I'm saying? Same thing with strength. You can't just go from a 225 bench press to a 315 bench press, right? You've got to coax the gains. you got to get your tendons, your ligaments, your bones strong, or else you're going to get injured. Same thing with building a business. You can't skip steps. You're where you're meant to be right now based on what you have and how you're managing it. Does that make sense? Definitely.
0: So, you're at the gym, you're still making money, you're almost put in this, you know, sales is a very entrepreneurial sport, right? And then when do you flip the switch and go off on your own?
1: Yeah, so in 2000, so I started in 2002 as a trainer. In 2005, my boss, same guy, he was really invested into me. He just, he really took great care of me. I was very blessed. And he uh, started introducing me to the world of internet marketing. I never heard of that word before those words. And he said, uh, have you ever seen these guys who are selling information products with these long form sales pages? I said, no, what are you talking about? And we started looking at all these different uh, people, guys like Ryan Lee and Jim Labatey who were helping personal trainers make money. And then I started finding all these um, fitness guys who had skinny stories to becoming muscular, and they were selling ebooks. Like, what's an ebook? Well, for those who don't know what an ebook is, it's air. They were selling information, <laughs> instantly downloadable information. They were unpacking their IP, their intellectual property. They were creating programs. They were creating awesome sales copy. And there was obviously a formula to all this. And people were discovering these pages, finding these um, websites, the order buttons, ordering, and then Money ending up in the guy's bank account. So my first introduction to this world of internet marketing was in 2005, and I started to go down the rabbit hole. And uh, you know, long story short, I was introduced to um, a company that uh, offered DVDs, and uh, there were there was like a full blown DVD set from a three day event, and it was basically internet marketing 101, everything you need to know from start to finish. And I bought these DVDs, 300 bucks. And it was in that moment, The I remember watching these videos for three days straight on my couch in my bachelor home when I was 25. And I saw the rest of my future unfold before my eyes. I said, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. I want to learn how to sell stuff on the internet. It just, it was like, there was no uncertainty. There was no, let me weigh the pros and cons. Let me do some homework. Let me ask my mom. Let me consult with a couple buddies. I immediately saw my future. It was like everything in one spot. So, um, like most people I got overwhelmed and like a good company does, they called me on the phone and asked how I was doing and found out I hadn't implemented anything that it sent me and asked if I was interested in uh, working with a coach. And I asked them, how does it work? And uh, they quoted an amount of money that I didn't have available. It wasn't even, you know, in the cards. And uh, it was $7,500 um, for uh, paid in full. There wasn't any finance terms. There wasn't any money back guarantee. There was no like one month test drive. It was 7,500 bucks. You're either in or you're out. <laughs> and I asked the guys, there, there's no guarantee, eh? Like on my eBooks, I have a guarantee. He's like, dude, there's, here's the reason why there's no guarantee. I'm guaranteeing my time, but I don't know what you're doing with your time. But he threw it back on me. So, I don't need your money, man. We think 7,500 bucks is going to change my life. And that's when I realized I was investing into myself and that success was your responsibility. And uh, I realized that I had to do this for me, you know, and that's it. And I thought to myself, you know what? What's the worst thing that can happen? I lose 7,500 bucks. I'd already lost a bunch of money on other MLM companies. I was trying to, you know, side gigs and that nothing took off. So I was like, what's the worst that can happen? I lose 7,500 bucks. I work at Phoenix Fitness the rest of my life, big deal. That's not that bad. So it's really uh, what do I have to lose mentality? And I don't know why people are so attached to the little bit of money they have. It's like, <laughs> I don't have much money anyways. if I lose it, well, you know, I'll go back and live with Mom and Dad, you know, holy cow for crying out loud. it's not that hard. So I thought in terms of, what could this cause, though, what could this cause? What yeah. if this could cause well, yep, 7? 70- What, what was the, what's the upside here? What if this causes $7,500 days one day, you know? So I think that's really, um, the message I have for young folks, you got to get off this silly, like fixation around the cost and focus on what it can cause and just have a more of a laid back mentality. Like it's not like if you make the wrong decision, you're gonna, you know, you're going to get your legs blown off or something. It's like you lose some money, you know, there's, there's, there's no shortage of money in the world, just a shortage of people going after it. So that's kind of like the whole gist in 2005. I hired the mentor six months later, I had a ebook and, uh, it took, um, you know, four years to build that up. And, uh, you know, I had pretty slow and steady progress until I hit that seven figure mark before the age of 30 and maintained that for over eight years in that same space, the muscle building space. And, uh, and now it brings us to to today. I now teach people how I did what I did. And I teach people how to build successful and profitable online fitness businesses. So I cater to fitness experts who have, you know, fitness challenges, fat loss, muscle building, etc. And we teach them how to product size their information just like I did, build funnels and do low dollar and high dollar and all sorts of stuff to make this a real business and not just uh, a side gig. Very cool. So you create the first ebook and how much was the first ebook? Ah, man, those were the days, bro. $77. Wow. So $77 $77 for an ebook. And I mean, oh yeah. I mean, you have some days, you know, uh, that, that book literally sold tens of thousands of copies, 118 countries. And yeah, you'd wake up and there'd be a couple grand in your bank account and you know, you didn't know exactly where it came from. It was, it was literally raining. So, you know, now that book sells for uh, I've had it as low as $7 because it's the marketplace is, you know, very different and we have higher price stuff, but that was like the going rate for an ebook back then. 77 bucks was like, it was on the higher side, but most ebooks were up there. That's amazing.
0: So You create the first book and then I guess what was your, well, you were working with coaches, so I guess you had uh, some mentorship, but what was the first sale? Like what did that first sale feel like?
1: Oh, it was horrendous, man. (laughs) (laughs) When I found out who it was. Who was it? Who was your first sale? It was my mom. It was your mom?
0: I was going to say that. Oh, wow.
1: And then the second sale came two weeks later from a guy in my gym. <laughs> a guy that I worked with. I got another sale from ClickBank. And my first year online, my first year online, I made $10,000. And I don't know if that was good or bad, but I still remember that like that statement at the end of the year, $10,000, Vince Del Monte, ClickBank account, no nonsense, still know the nickname. And the second year, online now this was still when i had my job so i was doing this part-time around my job i still had a full-time income big less for the millennials you don't have to you know burn the boats i think it's stupid you don't have to burn the boats why do you have to burn the boats it's stupid you can keep your job because you need money to fund this business you can't build a business on credit cards mm-hmm. so i kept my job I did this around my job. My second year online, I made $101,000, all right? And I was still working at the gym, but I had reduced my hours to part-time, all right? So I was phasing myself out. I didn't burn the boats, all right? It's stupid, all right? I had a guy, burn burned the boats, and his wife almost left him. <laughs> it's okay to take a risk, but you don't have to take a stupid risk, okay? So after a year sorry, the second year, hundred one K there I've made more than I made at my em- place of employment. That was my sign that maybe I should take this seriously and maybe I should really see what's possible here. And I actually got nudged. Uh, it wasn't actually, here's how it happened. Do you, you know a guy named John Benson? I've awesome. never heard of him. John Benson's like a legend. He was one of the very first, um, fitness authors. He's got a product called, um, fit over 40 and, He's got a video sales letter courses. He's one of the best copywriters in the world, John Benson. And John at the time was much older than me. I was in my you know late 20s. he was in his early 40s and he kind of became a big brother and um, he promoted one of my ebooks, uh, No Nonsense Muscle Building. And the day after he promoted it, I guess he made a lot of money being an affiliate and he texted me, and again, John is like a legend. He's like, think of somebody you look up to that you would love to have on your show, but like you're intimidated to like, uh, I could probably get him on the show. I, I will get him on the show, but I'm like, oh man, what if he says no? That's, that was John. I was like intimidated by him. Like he's a big deal. And John promoted my product. Uh, I still don't even know how. he. Some, oh yeah, two other guys promoted it before him and they vetted me out and they said, yeah, you should give Vinny a shot. So there's a lesson there, by the way. You got to get vetted out. Uh, these guys aren't gonna come to you. You gotta, be, they gotta, you gotta be attracted to them. So, what happened was he sent me an email, and this was the email: two words and seven digits. Call me, and then his phone number. And I was at work. That was it. I called him, and he told me what he made, and he was blown away by the conversion, and he just wanted to get to know me. And he said, "So you have a job right now?" I said, yeah, quit right now today. And it was shortly after that I talked to my boss. I'm still like, my boss knew it was coming and he was fine. It was like, everything was great. We're great friends to this day. And I said, Murray, it's that time. It's time for me to you know, say goodbye. And he said, awesome. I knew this day was coming. I thought it was actually going to come sooner. And that's when I started my online fitness business full time. It was, um, it was when I just turned 27. So it was about 2006 2007 and that's uh and that was the beginning from there things just took off you know the next year went the 350 and then 750 then over seven figures and uh and at you that
0: know, time did you start adding more
1: products was it still this one yes. product yeah man yes great questions by the way yeah the next question was sorry the next product was a program called maximize your muscle and it was a continuity program. This was when continuity was huge. You know, no one had ever heard of this concept. There was entire events. Ryan Lee was throwing three-day events on just continuity. So this was the hot thing: recurring revenue, having some, having one person pay you over and over. And um, you know, I had this big base of customers. Here's a big lesson for everybody. You need a big base of customers before you launch a continuity program. At least that's what I advise. So, I had literally thousands of people who bought no nonsense muscle building. My first ebook was based on people's first transformation, their muscle building transformation as a beginner. All right. So, what happened was I had all these people asking me the two magic questions. When you're getting these questions, this question, this is a good sign. What's next? What's next? Are you coming out with a new program? What's next? So I created the next program, which was called Maximize Your Muscle. It was a continuity program delivered to people's front doors. It was a physical newsletter. And I uh, actually got, I got um, something that looked like this is my new version. It's black and white. The original one was it was uh, just like this. It was a magazine. It was color. It was $69.95 a month. And it included a two-hour DVD of me going through the workout, like full tilt, in the gym. I did every workout, every set, all out, two to four hours, like every DVD. So every month, people would get a new workout in their mail uh, at the front door. It was called the work, it was a Workout of the Month Club, right, before people, everybody does these things now. And it was unique because it was a curriculum-based continuity program I didn't use those words continuity but it was based on phase one phase two phase three phase four and they were built in a sequence so everyone had to start on phase one like you couldn't just join this month Anthony you had to start at the beginning that's the way it was positioned and people loved it and I would open it up a couple times a year it was free to test drive I would ship this to you and the dvd for free plus a binder I even sent out these big binders. I have them here somewhere. Um, and people could get this for free, shock and delight, thud factor on the front door. If they liked the workout, they'd get billed $69.95 a month, and it ended after 12 months. So I had a cap on it. I'm, that's another big lesson. Continuity programs need some light at the end of the tunnel. People don't want to think it's going on forever. So I capped this. So this is a 12-month thing. All right. So that program grew to over 5,000 people at 70 bucks a month. And that was like the big thing I I like, you know, that really propelled, obviously, a lot of things forward. And uh, ever since then, I've come out with a ton of other programs since then. But the core of my business model has always been recurring revenue. Like, I will not do something if there's not a monthly attached to that. And that's not just because from the financial perspective, but... I always lead with transformational journey first, not customer acquisition, you know, my financial goals, right? You got to put the needs of your customers first. And what do the customers need? Do they need one program? No, they need monthly programs. They need monthly support, accountability. They need knowledge. They need um, relationships. They need community. So when you're building your programs, you've got to create something that, is packaged in that way that takes them on a journey. And all of my programs ever since then have been that another program I came out with called was called live large TV and it was a TV show and there was 20 episodes per season. Same thing. Continuity. You get billed every month and every, as long as you remember, you keep getting new seasons. Uh, then I did another program, hypertrophy max, which was teamed up with a professional bodybuilder. Uh, now I've got a supplement, you know, that's recurring revenue. Now I've got a coaching program that's recurring revenue. So I don't teach my students and I personally don't touch anything if it's just a one timer. Cause it's, I, I, that's not how I'm going to best serve you. You and I need to be committed to go in the distance and whatever you want to do is going to take way long. It's going to take much longer than just a challenge or a six week program or 12 week program or a 16 week program, program. And you know, even though I have those things, there's upsells and, you know, offers to make sure that they get the next thing so that there's a, hey, I'm committing today, and I'm backing that up with time and money.
0: That's very cool. At the same time as Netflix, you were just doing DVDs too, right? Straight to your door.
1: <laughs> DVDs, yeah, man. Yeah, hardcover, hard, Yeah, physical stuff. I had my wife doing it all. We got all of her stuff and physical. Yeah, I'm big on physical. I think uh, that was another thing I think I did really well. I don't think a lot of people are capitalizing on that today. I understand sunk costs, and you know, uh, but I honestly feel like guys need to look down the road and think about how do I be in business in 2025? You know, I've got this book. We sold 5,000 copies last year of this. This is sitting in 5,000 people's homes. You know, I, I bought attention, you know, number one thing you need as a marketer is attention. If you don't own attention, no one can like, no one trusts you. I love Grant Cardone taught me that he's like, everybody's talking about like, no one trusts you. Nobody can like, no trust you if they don't know who you are. There's only two things that will kill your business. People don't know who you are or people forget who you are. So the reason that I like physical is because I want people to remember who I am. And even if they disappear, they might come back down the road. And that's why um, I feel getting actually into people's homes is something you need to figure out how to you know, uh, integrate into your business.
0: Definitely. No, I love that
1: you know the physical things
0: i mean they don't really even cost that much anymore right like these things have been commoditized and then even they can give it to their friend as a gift right like who really throws away books people don't throw away books That's you can yeah. away. you give them to a library you give them to a school and then these are new people that are just constantly discovering picking up this book and this physical product um no definitely definitely got to agree there So tell me a little bit more now about what you're doing now. So you've uh, kind of evolved from the fitness and now you're working with people to teach them how to create these online business models. So let's talk about the, the latest and greatest programs that you're working on.
1: Yeah, so I have one coaching program. You know, one of my challenges has been a uh, red shiny object syndrome. I'm somebody who is an ideation guy. I get struck by the good idea fairy, uh, probably like the best of them.
0: Yeah, no, I know her. I know she's always (laughs) at my door too. She never leaves.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You got her too, eh? She's at my front door too. Hey, you're still there? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, how do you get rid of the good idea theory? Well, you don't. You don't have to. You know, that's one of the cool things with being a business coach. I can share all my ideas with my students, but you know, when it comes to my actual business, you know, what I meant by that is, don't beat yourself up if you got a lot of ideas you know, there's likely a role where it'll serve for me. You know, when I go to um, my mastermind events and run them and I'm doing hot seats, people are like, where do you get all these ideas? Like, these are all the ideas I've had that I haven't, you know, I need 10 lifetimes to apply. So you can have them. So it's a strength. Don't beat yourself up if you're always getting ideas, but understand that you have capacity, you have resources, you have this thing called money and you can't implement everything all at once. And a big thing that I've, I've learned, and again, this applies especially as your income goes up. The more it goes up, the less you have to do, all right? This is very counterintuitive. But you do have to do more of what actually matters. So to grow up, you have to let go, all right? And you have to focus on what is actually going to move the needle, what has leverage, and you've got to let go of the things that aren't multipliers. So, you know, that has, now we're at this point where I don't, focus on growing my fitness business anymore i've got funnels and i've got can't even inventory and i've got a lot of videos out there so that business still produces income but i am not trying if you ask me hey how much did your fitness business bring in last year i don't even know i'm not even measuring it it's on autopilot and i don't i don't even know what it brings in i see i know where my fit my coaching business is and that's my one thing So right now I have a 12 month fitness business coaching program for online fitness experts and we meet up every 90 days and it's, it's as customized as you can get. They've got access to me, my coaches, and I'm on a mission to help seven fitness entrepreneurs this, this year to go over the seven figure mark and 50 to go over the six figure mark. And we've got a lot of people on their way there. Many of them are already past the six figures. So um, I'm really focused now on helping my students achieve their goals. And um, that's it's probably one of the most refreshing mindsets to have when you get super clear on making your goals around your students and not about yourself. And uh, it it takes takes some time to get there, but I am so focused on whatever they need to make sure we achieve those results for them.
0: Definitely. I think you, you know, you touched on, um, earlier too, like, you know, having all of these ideas, right. Which is great, but now you have to like work on consolidating Right. And we have a client, you know, we do, uh, media. So not only do we create this podcast, but we also help influencers create their own podcasts, uh, launch their own vlogs, their own videos, create original video content. I'm really, really heavy on video. Like you mentioned earlier, five, 10 years ago, you had to send a DVD. Now you freaking, because of the internet, it's really viable to compete with the cable company and to like stream into people's homes, right? So wow. I've been really hawkish on video over the last two years. And so we help people create shows. So we we're working with a reality TV star. They uh, were on, uh, they had a reality TV show on VH1 and they're trying to uh, cross over into digital. And we're having this conversation and he's like, yeah, well, I have this uh, fitness uh, thing and I have this and it's like at client name slash fitness uh, on Instagram. And he's like, and I, and I have this uh, uh, food channel and I'm trying to like interview restaurants at influencer name dash food. And I also have uh, the real estate and I'm a real estate broker and I want people to follow me around and make another show. Add influencer name dash real estate. I'm like, I'm, okay, I'm that's tired already yeah. we don't have one successful one yet. Why don't we consolidate it? Right? So we created this concept where it's like, okay, let's do a real estate show, because that's your bread and butter. That's where you're really, really making your money. Mm. You can go to the gym and we'll follow you when you go to the gym and that'll be, you know, two, three minutes out of your day in this twenty minute vlog. And you can go to the you gotta eat too. So you can go to restaurants and so we can kind of incorporate it. And you know, we went from hey, I have 20 ideas to now I have one really good idea. Like 20 mediocre ideas to like one solid one, right? Um yes. and, and I think it's similar to what you've done, right? You were able to consolidate, it's like, okay, I wanna do business coaching, I have this fitness uh, background, how yes. can I pull all of my expertise into one solid offer?
1: a hundred percent. And now, you know what I do with the, the pre-workout? I think I was telling you before the show, I have a pre-workout as well. And, you know, I'll be honest, like if I find the right person, I mean, I could, if I wanted, I don't even have like motivation to go find somebody, but this pre-workout could be, you know, a massive, massive business, just this one product alone. But I mean, it's not my one thing and it's it's not tied into who I am. I love this product used it it's it's the best product I always use it I can promote it send traffic to but i'm not trying to blow it up into a hundred million dollar company uh, so what I do now is I just gift it to all my coaching members and it's for people in my group you get access you get it for free when you join my mastermind so same thing I've taken this idea that has a lot of sunk costs a lot of energy and you know a lot of emotion attached to it and i've just now all right you know how can I use this to help continue to grow the coaching program and uh It's, it's hard enough to make one thing grow. I have no idea how people could even, it's like dating two girls, you know? (laughs) It's like, you're literally like trying to date and then you have a third idea. Like you're going to have a third and a fourth. Like it's, it's hard enough to date one. It's hard enough to, you know, look at, look at building a business the same way as like a relationship for a relationship to grow. It's going to require everything. All right. If you want a business to grow, it's going to require everything, all right, same thing with the gym. All right. You can't go to the gym, gain some strength, lose some fat, build some muscle at the same time. If you want to get strong, you got to put everything into it. If you want to build muscle, you've got to put everything into it. Mindset, sleep, nutrition, calories, rep ranges, sets, exercises technique, supplements, everything. Same thing with fat loss. So the the, the I don't know Maybe it's instant gratification, but I just want to reassure you that, you know, I think one of the big misconceptions is is that people, you know, just make one decision and all of a sudden they leap into the future. Success comes from small disciplines done consistently over time. And that's what produces big results. Small disciplines done consistently over time. And for some people, small discipline could literally literally be, hey, this year, I'm just going to make my bed. And that's the only thing they focus on doing all year. That's the only change in their entire life. But guess what that triggers? I am organized. I can take control. And then that triggers into another habit. And honestly, if people just simplified and went slower and focused on doing one small discipline a year, one small discipline a year, imagine where you'll be in 10 years from now, 15 years from now. One small discipline a year will change your life.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's... it's We, we kind of... I, I think the quote that I'm looking for, it's we overestimate what we can accomplish in one year and then underestimate what we can do in five, right? Yeah, that's, that's why the entrepreneurs are, are they're quitting, right? They try something, mm-hmm. they do it for six months, maybe a year. Okay, I'm, just, I'm not a millionaire yet. And then they, they push it off to the side. And it's really that you know, yeah. dedication that can get you to the next
1: level, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, you you got to play the long game. Slow equals fast these days. All right. Well, I know we're running low on time.
0: I have like two more questions. Um, first and foremost, if you could do it all over again, and you could hop in a DeLorean uh, with Marty McFly and go eighty-eight miles an hour and give yourself some advice. Um, what would you tell yourself if you' were, if you were starting starting from scratch?
1: I would have invested much more heavily into paid advertising and gaining more attention yeah i i I would say um i play I've played it early safe. I would have gone on offense or hit the gas you know with different analogies there for you, and just invested more heavily into attention as opposed to kind of maybe just playing it a little safer. I'm still, I still got that risk adverse mindset mm-hmm. maybe for my Italian parents, <laughs> but uh, I would have hit the gas harder. Definitely. Yeah,
0: for sure. And last question is what does disrupt mean
1: to you? Uh, disrupt me to me. I think I got to say it, this disrupt would be um, owning who you are because you're the, you know i'm thinking to myself uh i just got this question earlier this morning how do i stand out in a saturated marketplace and i said you just be yourself because there's enough room for everybody you know somebody may love you anthony and be like this is my guy but then like vince eh, i don't know about that guy and vice versa right there's everyone has different vibes personalities stories strengths so Disrupt to me is showing up as you, all right, because if you show up as somebody else, you're going to be the second best version, so you're not disrupting anything, right? If you don't stand out different, if you don't show up different, you don't show up, show up at all. So uh, to disrupt things around you, you're going to show up different, and that requires you owning who you are.
0: Definitely, man. Yeah, they say, like, be yourself because they're not making any more of you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like that one, yeah.
1: So that actually
0: reminds me of the, of our upcoming event. Uh, it's called disrupt yourself and oh, cool. it's focused on you looking at who you are today and shaking yourself up so that you can become who you want to become tomorrow. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely love that. I, I think self-analysis really looking at yourself in the mirror and realizing that you're this canvas that can be painted and you can really create your future. Um, is super, super important. For you.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of this stuff, um, this Building all just comes from taking action. You know, one thing I just warn everybody listening is just don't get too caught up in what uh, I like to call mental masturbation. You know, <laughs> trying to think your way to the top. Just act your way and then thinking follows, right? People think you have to believe in yourself. You don't need to believe in yourself. <laughs> you don't. You just <laughs> need to take massive action until you do believe in yourself. You don't need confidence. I mean, well, if I was just more confident. You just need certainty. And the confidence will come, all right? You don't need a positive attitude, all right? You just need to show up, all right? So, so people are getting way too caught up in, in a lot of silly things and think that there's pieces missing and something happened to them. And, and you know, I'm not a therapist. I'm sure there's a time and place for, for, for looking back in your past. But uh, you know the difference between a therapist and a coach? What's the difference? A therapist looks into your past and a coach looks into your future. Yeah. I'm a coach. I'm good at helping you look into your future and figuring out a plan to get there. I have zero interest in talking about your past. And I'm sure you don't care about mine either. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Well, no, sure.
0: People think, they think that their past somehow defines their future. And the two are really, really not that correlated. They're really, really, really not. And that's why I always like to ask the kid, if you were starting over, what would you do? Because at any point in time, you could start over, right? And you were even saying like, mm-hmm. i talk about go. like making the $7,000 investment into the first mastermind. And you were yeah, like,
1: just a coach. It wasn't even a mastermind. It was one. Sorry. I just want it. It's only one, one hour phone call a month. It oh, was like,
0: wow.
1: It was nothing. <laughs> and I had his email. That's it. I had those two things. There's no Facebook group or meetups or anything. <laughs>
0: yeah no but like what what was the worst thing that was gonna happen it'd be at zero again, and then you start again you know and if and i love the fact that you're like you know you don't need self-confidence you just need like blind determination like i'm going in this direction i don't care what i don't care if it's raining i don't care if i don't have any money i don't care if i if I, my my ankles hurt like and, and i think you know coming from the fitness background you probably have a lot of experience there where it's like, you know, do I think I can lift that? I've never lifted something that heavy. Or do I think I can run that long? I've never ran that long or that fast or X, Y, or Z. And it's like, it doesn't matter. You just have to do it. And then you'll figure out, oh, wow, I can run that fast. I didn't, I didn't think I could. Exactly, yeah. For sure.
1: Figure it out. Commit first, figure it out later. How does Cardone say it? Commit first and figure out the rest later. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Definitely. Um, well, if people want to connect with you on social
0: media, where's the best place to do that?
1: Instagram, uh, or YouTube. That's where we put up our best content, Instagram and YouTube, Vince Del Monte, one word I'm uh, verified on IG. So you'll see the blue tick. Awesome. Vince, thank you so much for being on the show, dude. I appreciate your time. Anthony, I appreciate you. Thank you, bro.